Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And today we are back to talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3. Uh, we're on the last three episodes of the season, so uh, that was kind of a weird uh, little detour that we took there, yeah. the movie in between. But, you know, we do that every year. So, uh, this is uh, episode 20, Emancipation, which originally premiered on May 10th of 2016. Here's our IMDb summary for this episode. In the aftermath of the events of Captain America Civil War TM, S.H.I.E.L.D. feels pressured to reveal their involvement with Inhumans. But with stakes higher than ever and a hive growing stronger, the team is tested in ways they could never anticipate. Um, I, I don't know if that's accurate. I, I, mean, I feel like they anticipated Talbot being, like, Talbot-y. Yeah, they, they they anticipated a good handful of things. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I do have a question. So the summary that you just read mm-hmm. that was a direct copy paste from IMDb. Yes, right? yes, of course. So the TM that you read out was is part of it. No, it actually had the parentheses 2016 because it's a hyperlink. But I thought, oh, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, I was just wondering if we had to start saying you know names of movies with TM at the end or, or not. Well, I think during official IMDb summaries, if there's a hyperlink, it's implied. Why? Oh, okay. I, that's just a decision I've made. <laughs> okay, I guess that's fair. I'll take it. All right. <laughs> so, starting off, at a bar, Coulson and May lament the end of the Avengers and the installation of the Sokovia Accords. Talbot arrives and uh, tells them that they need to register any Inhumans that they have on their team. Coulson disagrees, but he does agree to taking Talbot on a tour of the playground. Colson asks Talbot for for Talbot's trust and not to register his people. Talbot meets Yo-Yo and Lincoln, who we will talk about later, and Lash before revealing uh, what he knows about Daisy that Daisy has gone rogue. They come to, clean to Talbot about Hive and his sway. Fitzsimmons also tells him about Radcliffe's newest experiment and how he can use Daisy's blood to make it work. Talbot wants to send in a military strike, but Colson knows it will take too long. So this is all the Talbot-y stuff. Oh, okay. All right. So so we start off with the Sokovia Accords. Um, mm-hmm. the, him pretty much, this is what we've been reduced to, watching what happened on the news instead of being a part of what happened. Oh, God. Yeah, season one really spoiled us. Like every year after that, we're like, oh, how's this going to tie in? And nothing. Every year it's less and less. Yeah. Um, and we got two crossovers, technically. Because we had them cleaning up after Thor the Dark World. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Way, way uh, less. Uh, so I, I have a question mm-hmm. about the um, summary that you made up. Uh, yes. So you said that that was the end of the Avengers? I guess I never actually thought about it that way. I just assumed that there were still characters of the Avengers doing stuff, but never put any thought into it. Um, and I guess you're right. The Avengers are actually 
over after the events of Civil War. Yeah, I figure that. I mean, um, like when uh, Bruce comes back in Infinity War, that's what Tony says. The Avengers broke up like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, with the Sokovia Court thing, like, you know, we said we're getting fewer and more tenuous connections to the MCU, the movies. Um, but this is like the kind of the start of how Jeff Loeb tried to sell it. Jeff Loeb being the head of Marvel um, television until I think this year when Shield season seven airs. That's the end of his tenure on here. But um, he says that Shield is less about the con- the actual connections and more about the like connections of theme, which I think they do well from here on out it's like it doesn't directly connect to the movies but the themes are the same like here it's registration versus not registration in this little part yeah that's true thinking about later seasons of the show Mm -hmm. um there are definitely some things that link up to the big movie around that time that actually kind of fits up yeah um like i know one for next season season four Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to remember like because I feel like that was a little bit like in the middle of when that movie came out. I feel like there was something else towards the end, but I don't remember what movie that that would have been. So, eh, we'll figure it out later. Yeah, we, we've got some time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do next season's what they do called pods. So there's like three different storylines in that, right? In season four. That's right. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> um. So one of the things I definitely want to bring up about this scene mm-hmm. is, uh, so at the time when it starts, uh, Coulson is reading a newspaper about uh, Carter. So her background, because she recently uh, passed away. We yeah. saw all that stuff in, in uh, Civil War. So I paused the screen to read what it said about her oh. and try to link that up with what we know about the future of the MCU mm-hmm. when uh, Steve goes back in time and marries her and all that stuff. And you know, it still fits. Okay. Um so it really did not have no, it's, any. No, it's Steve married him, not Fitz. It really did not have a lot of information. Um, so uh, reading it for like the two, three frames, it was up there. Um, you know, the description was uh, pretty basic, right? It, it gives the general overview of like who she was as a person, uh, leading Shield. She uh, was in World War Two, had a brief stint as a codebreaker, um, but it says that she. Um, she married and is survived by her two children. Um, Yeah, so she has two children that we never see in any MCU-related thing, so that's good to know. Maybe that'll pop up in the future. Like, we don't see yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it didn't say if her husband was still alive or not, so there's that part. Um, I mean, it it could very well say her husband is alive twice at this time. Because he's, he's still young Steve and old Steve. That's That'd be yeah, weird. That, that would be, because then like everyone would know. <laughs> or everyone's just like really confused. They don't <laughs> define it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then actually, as I was reading that, I realized um, she kept her maiden name. Like she stayed mm-hmm. Peggy Carter. Yeah, which, not very common for the age, right? And um, But also means that there's like a definite like who did she marry and so yeah, yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that didn't that didn't occur to me. Although Peggy is a very, I don't know, a, a very modern woman for nineteen forties. So I think um, it makes sense that she wouldn't take uh, her, her husband's name. Although I would like to think she would take Steve's name, but whatever. <laughs> Although that would <laughs> that would totally give away uh, the secret. Steve maybe said, "Don't take my name." It's cool. People in the 21st century do it. Don't do it all the time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, when I got married, I tried very hard to convince my wife not to take my last name, <laughs> um, only because when uh, right when we got back from our honeymoon, she wanted to do all that paperwork immediately, and I had to go with her. So I really wanted to <laughs> convince her to not do it. Why did you have to go with her? Uh, she made me. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm like, when yeah. my wife changed her, her last name, I didn't have to go with her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, she was trying to convince us to, like, because I guess Attack. you could also change both of your last names to some, like, combination of yes. the two. And um, I was like, nah, I don't want to do the paperwork. So uh, she did it, but eh, yeah, right, that's, mean, that's on her. We we have uh, friends who got married. Um uh Karanko is one of the last names and Sprinkle the other last name. I really want them to name their um change their name to Crinkle. <laughs> they did not, unfortunately. Which you know, their last name is Sprinkle, so I think it's fine. Eh. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um so they're at uh, a bar, Buck's bar. And this bar, we find out momentarily, is on like the the spy secret entrance to the um playground base, so it seems that this um bar has probably been there for the past forty years or not forty years since the forties so past eighty years, um to get Shield and SSR agents down there. Do you think Bucks is named for Bucky? Huh, I don't. Fair. Then again, it's possible. Like, like, so I was actually about to ask you that. Like, the name Bucks is it Buck or Bucks? Is there an S? It is, is B U C K apostrophe S. So it's like belonging oh, okay. to Buck. Yeah, gotcha. Um, I mean, it's it's possible. Like, the thing that I was going to point out was like, it's kind of nice that it's not something that sounds like it's an entrance to some secret spy organization. Because, like, if they went with something else that was, like, actually kind of on the nose, mm-hmm. um, then that would have been really stupid. I, I do like that they went with a very bland-sounding name for that. Um, but you know what? What you said makes sense. I'm going to take it. Okay. I, I, I think that's that's some headcanon right there that, that we, we should just approve. Headcanon verified. Woohoo. Yeah. So, um... Another thing that I have, uh, we've got Captain America Civil War. One of my things I don't like about it is you're not sure who's, like, it's debatable who's right, Cap or Iron Man, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, here, the Shieldies are on the side of Cap, and there's no right or wrong. It's just like, no, you shouldn't register these people, period. Yeah, they, they just kind of went right into that. Yeah. I do, I like it. Mostly because it's Coulson's point of view, and Coulson is uh, a Cap fanboy. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just just a tad, a lot, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he watched him while he slept. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
He had his baseball cards. Yeah. That Fury ruined. I know. Not cool, Fury. Okay. Oh. It did contribute to saving the world. But at what cost? At what cost? <laughs> I mean, we don't know, but maybe in universe they're, they're probably i mean i'm sure they're worth a lot right so like a couple hundred a piece couple thousand a piece maybe yeah i have no idea I'm, i've never been a collector of cards like that or really anything of value i have a bunch of stuff that's like valueless and i have like a crap load of pop vinyls and stuff like that but nothing of value do i have collected <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i would imagine that those are probably like like rookie uh, baseball cards of like Babe Ruth or something like that, mm-hmm. and those sell for somewhere in the thousands. I assume. I'm, yeah. I'm not actually sure. Let's say ten grand a piece. Um, just throwing that number out there. So you know, save the world. Lost about thirty grand. I don't know how many cards he had. So, yeah, I, I mean, he threw what three or four on the table. But, okay, uh, so, so he has Colson a complete set. He this. has a complete set. He said, whatever that means. Uh huh. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to skip over Lincoln's scene with Talbot and uh, Yo-Yo's scene with Talbot because I kind of threw that in a different storyline, like Yo-Yo's storyline and Lincoln's storyline. Okay. Are you going to completely skip over Lincoln in this episode? Just no. You or... No, because I, unfortunately it's pretty important. Yeah, yeah. that's true. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he goes to see – they go and take him to Lash. And I kind of agree a little bit with um, with Talbot. Like, why the hell isn't Lash in a gel cube? Um. Well, why does he need to be in a gel cube? I mean, he's he is inside of one of those containment units, and no one's getting out of those containment units. I mean, even Lash, and he's been there for a while. That's fair, but I'm like, I mean, no one's getting out except for um, uh, not Magneto. And <laughs> Daisy, I mean Daisy, knew, built apparently built everything in this place, so that's fair. Yeah. But, and uh, Lincoln, as we find out later, I mean with help from Daisy. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I mean I'm I'm gonna give it to Daisy on that one. Yeah, uh, Lincoln didn't really like he just followed the instructions. Um, uh, yeah, I completely forgot about not Magneto, um, getting out. Did we ever talk about like how did that happen? Did he put something in the way of the door? I didn't. I never. Yeah, well, like, exactly? someone. Well, the door was open and something, and he got like wasn't it part of a um, a seatbelt. Oh, okay. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But I'm just saying these pods aren't foolproof, and stasis pods cannot be broken from the inside because <laughs> you're in stasis. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. The the prisoner or person is yeah. not getting out on, on their own, which stops the two we've seen do that already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what's... What are, are they actively trying to turn him back to Andrew? Or why are they... What, what are their plans with Lash? That's a good question. Um, you know, I kind of assume that they just don't want to put anyone in jail okay like like, like and, and that's kind of what i'm thinking like i, I kind of think that they just leave lash alone um maybe they're doing some research to try and turn him back into andrew with you know whatever free time that they have because 
I, I mean, as far as their what they've been told, they think that once the transformation is done, that's it. He's inhuman forever. He's Lash forever. It's true. So, and, you know, showing what happened at the end of this episode, it seems to be true as far as we know. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure maybe there's a little bit of research, but it, it is, they're probably thinking he's too far gone. Yeah, or we'll fi- fix it when Hive's done, because Hive is a bigger problem. Yeah, yeah, or that. Way bigger problem. Yep. Um, So we go through, find out that... Uh, Coulson wasn't going to tell Talbot about Daisy, and um, Talbot already knew about it. And then uh, Coulson decides he needs to come completely clean to Talbot. So he comes clean to Talbot. They're going over all the Hivey stuff. And um, Fitz and Simmons are there and kind of reveal, not too quietly, um, that... With Daisy's blood, he can make everyone into primitives, like fake humans. Um, they didn't know at the time that they were like coming clean with everything for Talbot. I feel like how um, Simmons kind of introduced it. It's like, yeah, I like we don't think he could do it. And then Simmons like, well, actually, I don't think it's like a good way to keep a secret since she definitely has to tell Talbot if they weren't coming clean with everything. Mm-hmm. If you get what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they that that that's not really their style, right? They're they're not the keep a secret type of character. They are not their, their jobs, but they should also be maybe train these people who are part of a secret spy organization. Also, this woman who went undercover at Hydra for like six months. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> if Fitz did it, I I would even give a little more leeway. But he's still, they're still part of a spy organization. They should know to keep um, what's what's the word? Classified thing. It's classified. That's true. They, they probably have like their yearly trainings that they have to go through. Like every corporate uh, job that exists, you know, That's you true. have your no insider training, no sexual harassment, that kind of stuff. They've got no telling um, other people our secrets. Yep. You know, those kinds of cheesy videos that were made yeah. in the 70s. Yeah. Or or the um, the online YouTube thing where you have to watch for – it's not YouTube, but it's like you have to watch a certain amount of time. Then you can click through the questions and just be done with it. So people uh, just mute yeah. one tab and watch – do whatever they're doing with the other tab. You know, it happens because – Yeah. I had I may one know my... some people who do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um – the last thing I have for this section is that um, Coulson makes the point that they can't use the military because there's too much red tape, which we do see is accurate. Again, this is like the Avengers being controlled by the UN. They can't do what needs to be done because there's too much red tape. Uh-huh. So this is really telling us where at least ABC stands on the Sokovia Accords. <laughs> is their <laughs> anti. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I didn't think about it from uh from that perspective, um. But yeah, you're right. I mean, and that's kind of one of the things we always see. Shield, you know, they're they're just they, they do whatever the hell they want. They they just go <laughs> off and do something. They like, really do. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, yeah, the Avengers do the same thing. Because the next time we see a majority of the Avengers after a Civil War is Infinity War, where stuff's going down, and Iron Man doesn't give a crap about going to the UN and getting approved. He just flies that and flies the jet and calls in his um, underage. Well, he doesn't call him in, but he uh, he uses the help of his underage sidekick and unregistered wizards. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, and that's kind of one of the problems I have with the Sokovia Accords. Like, I guess you know one of the things that I, I didn't realize until just now, um, but it was, it's kind of a complaint that I mentioned about Spider Man earlier, right? Like. Stark is completely for the Sokovia Accords for registering people with powers, mm-hmm. but like as soon as he needs help, he goes to someone who is gonna be not registered. I mean, <clears throat> unless he is, and we never actually find out. Well, like, I, I mean, kind of wonder if he's not, because okay. I... in uh, Homecoming, the very the end of the movie is him. You go sign the Accords, and you'll be part of. Um you'll be part of uh, the Avengers. Well, no, I don't want that suit. I don't want to be the Avengers. I'm not going to sign the Accords. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know that was the Accords, or I probably just completely forgot. So, okay. Yeah, huh. so, so it's like, well, everyone needs to sign the Accords. Unless they don't want to. Unless you're Captain America, then you should sign the Accords. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a complaint I, I keep having about the the end of that movie right the the results the the what happens because of the accords uh mm-hmm. so so does that mean then at the end of civil war stark is i, I don't want to say against the accords but maybe he's less gung ho about them i think that's 100% what it is i think from the moment he finds out that he's been played by zemo he doesn't care about the accords anymore cuz he's not like okay. i mean we talked about last episode. Uh, he's back to his jolly self when he's leaving the raft. Because he's like, I don't care what you say, Ross, because I'm an Avenger. I can literally do whatever I want. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And this has been our recap. Part four of Captain America Civil War. No. Stay tuned for 20 minutes from now. <laughs> if that. All right, next storyline, unless there's anything else on this part we want to talk about. No, I'm good. All right. We see the watchdogs gearing up to exterminate some unhumans. They plan to capture a known inhuman. It turns out to be James Taylor James, who intimidates them with a fire whip. Before the confrontation confrontation comes to blow, Hive arrives to take them for a little experiment. Um, so I just have a couple notes for this section. I, this is more of a mm-hmm. lead up to a bunch of other stuff that happens, so I thought it was important. Um, this is a very thinly veiled, and when I say very thinly veiled, I feel like um, wrapping paper tissue veiled um, allegory for white sup- supremacists. <laughs> the watchdogs. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other thing I have is... Uh, when we first saw Mr. J.T. James, or James as they call him here, um, I mentioned that he's the grandson of the original Ghost Rider, Phantom Rider. And then he uses mm-hmm. a fire chain, much like Ghost Rider. Yeah, the, the note that I have is that uh, not Gambit uses his power to be not Ghost Rider. Yep. Oh, 
Or- so uh, I guess that's interesting. So it's a, a different part of his power. So in addition to just being able to blow something up by touching it, he can also make it light on fire or half blow up or you know partially he still excites whatever molecules i'm yeah. assuming is how maybe works. maybe since hive told like i guess taught him how to control his powers um with his sway maybe he can just excite and detonate the the atoms on the outside of the chain and keep the inside so like if he kept it long enough it would eventually dissolve oh okay that makes sense yeah I guess. I mean, that's just... Yeah. Um, I mean, when we see him in the next scene, when they're um, testing the the uh, Radcliffe's uh, stuff on the those guys, mm-hmm. um, he still has the chain. So I guess it doesn't melt, but I guess I mean, that's because he didn't like continuously use it. Yeah. And that's what I feel. Um, yeah, makes yeah. sense. Alright, moving on up. Alright. Daisy is multitasking by donating blood and hacking shield. Radcliffe comes and takes the blood and says he is ready for the alpha test. Hive and James arrive with a new te- with the new test subjects that they said in the last storyline. They do the experiment and it fails again. Instead of getting inhumans, they turn them into subhumans. They take Hive's orders, orders and he is satisfied and wants Radcliffe to make more. Hive shows Daisy his new pets, calling them their children. And he lets her know that all they need is all her blood. Just a little thing. Yeah, yeah, just just a bit. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to start with the ending because I just had a thought and it's not my notes. Um, my first thought is, uh, when I saw this, is like, how long would they realistically follow Hive before like self harm? Like, do they have? was like self-preservation instincts or are those gone now? That's a good question. Um, my assumption is that um, they'll probably do whatever he says. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, hell, right here, exactly, you know, if probably the reason you're asking is because Hive is telling uh, Daisy that he wants her to die to mm-hmm. give them all of her blood. Yeah. And she's cool with it. So... Um, you know, she is, I guess in her mind, it's for the greater good the kind greater of a thing. Good. And she's, yeah. <laughs> so she's all in with that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess if, uh, I, and I, I'm curious if he has to even give a reason like, Hey, shoot yourself in the head with this gun. Like, will someone just do it? Or do they need a, a thinly veiled reason? Like, Hey, shoot yourself in the head with this gun. You're infected with a disease. Just make something up. Will that work? Or is that yeah. even needed? I mean, well, I mean, they're not Kilgraved. I mean, they have a semblance of free will. I mean, they're still themselves. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh huh. Um, so maybe a thinly veiled, or even just like doing this to help Hive or to help, uh, help the cause, maybe. And then just like, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'm a soldier for Hive. I'll sacrifice myself if it helps the cause. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. I'll take it. I just, I, I think that they would definitely commit self harm if, if told. Yeah, it's true. Although they, they say it's like a drug, right? 
Yeah. So, um, like, people who are addicted to drugs at, don't, for the most part, don't have that self-preservation instinct because people overdose all the time on drugs. Or maybe it's yeah. not as strong. <laughs> but also, it's... Unless you're suicidal, I don't think people OD on purpose. At least for the most part. Yeah, I assume that's how that works. Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, it, it would make sense that you're not going to purposefully just keep keep uh, going for it. You're, um, I'm sure a lot of that is accidental. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, after after this this happy talk, we'll talk about these um these they call them alpha primitives, or he calls them primitives mm-hmm. uh, that the watchdogs turn into. Um, in the comics, they are they are a thing from the comics. They're called the alpha primitives. Um, they are a slave race to the Inhumans. Like they are genetically modified, like person, and they're they're clones, so they don't have to turn people into. Uh, these creatures but they have like oh. the intelligence of six-year-olds and take and they're super strong and they're like slaves and this whole i guess according to the wiki because i haven't read an inhuman storyline um there were like a slave revolt and stuff like that and i don't know it's like a big deal whether or not they should be enslaved or not hmm. okay yeah interesting yeah, so they they've got a, a different origin story because they weren't made by people, but they were made by uh, scientists, like inhuman scientists. Gotcha. I gotta say the the primitives that we see in the show mm-hmm. definitely seem uh, less intelligent than six year olds. Like that that number right there was a little odd to me, but okay. Yeah, that was specifically specifically six year olds. Yeah, hmm. I mean just how. Some of the stuff that we see them do in next week's episode definitely feels dumber, but uh, eh, oh well. Yeah, I will discuss that. I think I know what you're talking yeah. about, but we'll discuss it mm-hmm. tomorrow. Um, okay. With this creation of the uh, Alpha Primitives, is there anything else you want to bring up? Nope, I've got nothing else for them. All right. So Lincoln is still in quarantine, and May tells him he needs to start acting better if he is to help save Daisy. It is revealed that he is no really no longer really sick, but Coulson wants to keep him in quarantine because he's unpredictable. Fair. Lincoln calls out to Daisy in hopes that she is hacking the cameras, which she is. Daisy uses a video phone a video phone hack to let them talk. Lincoln professes his love to her, and Talbot and Coulson cut their conversation short. Uh Lincoln or Lincoln professes. Oh yeah, they cut Quake and um, Lincoln's conversation short. I wrote that. Not great. Anyway, <laughs> Lincoln agrees to be registered to get him out of Shield custody. After they leave, Daisy skypes again. They MacGyver him out of his room, and Daisy tries to guide him off the base. He makes it to the Quinjet deck and briefly fights Mac. Daisy remotely flies a Quinjet out of the base. She lied to him about not involving Hive. But that's okay because he lied to her about giving him the about being on the Quinjet. So, my first note in all caps is "Give him to Talbot." <laughs> <laughs> you want him gone? Yeah, yeah. I hope something horrible happens to him, but we'll see. <laughs> um. Also, my next note: 
Um, good job, Colson. Lock him up. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. I'll try to keep. Uh, you know what? I'll try to keep my emotions out of this. Screw Lincoln. Okay, okay I'm right. out. Is out of my system. <laughs> uh, uh, so um, I didn't write down when this happened, but I have something in my notes uh, that at some point in this episode, May says that they really need to know Hive's endgame. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that here? Do you know? Um, I think so. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, okay, because I, I assume she was talking to Lincoln about it. Um, I, and I gotta say, just doing like a comparison, I guess I'm glad that Marvel went with Thanos as the villain for Endgame uh, instead of Hive, because that would have been interesting. Very different. It would have been different. I think, well, it would take a lot of setup, like an entire uh-huh. season's worth. Yeah. But, I mean, freaking Thanos took, what, 18 movies full of setup, so I guess it's fair. <laughs> yep, that that is true. I think they could have gone bigger and better with the Inhumans. If they did a movie version of this, they could have done like the Inhumanity um, storyline where a uh, Terragenesis bomb explodes all over the world and causes a bunch of in, uh, new Inhumans and the chaos ensues. Which that I, would be cool. Yeah, which is off the top of my head, that's where Miss Marvel Kamala Khan comes from. And probably a lot more. A Squirrel Girl also comes from that event. Oh, I didn't know she was an Inhuman. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't know what she was. I just didn't know like how she got her powers or anything. I know for sure it's Kamala Khan. I think I haven't read Squirrel Girl, but I think it's Squirrel okay. Girl as well. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So when Daisy has her like MacGyver's him out, um, mm-hmm. she tells him which panel to take off and stuff. That panel seems very easy to get off. <laughs> it seems yes. like a flaw in a, essentially a prison cell. Yeah, um, I mean you have to be you have to know exactly what to do to get out. But um, once you know that, I mean, I guess that explains how Daisy kept getting out of hers. Yeah. So. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I. I don't know. I feel like Shield needs to switch up their, their um, I don't know, base construction, their configuration of these cells, maybe. Yeah, maybe make them a little bit randomized so you don't exactly know where it is. Or mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess. Hmm. Now I'm trying to think about it. I mean, make it uh, put yeah. it on the ceiling so you need a ladder and it's just very inconvenient to get to. Not like at person height. Yeah, that's true. I. Yeah, it, make it to the point where it's very obvious that they're they're working on it. Yeah. Then again, you have to try really hard to get to that spot and it like takes some time and normally they are under video surveillance so i guess their assumption was if they're trying to get to the panel someone will see it on the video that's true hmm yeah uh, i just i feel like it's no, I'm, I'm with you <laughs> yeah exactly I'm, I'm with you i'm just trying to think of reasons yeah so he does eventually get out uh through even though by not shocking the alarm system, but by Daisy getting him out of there. Um, and then um, when Daisy's guiding him out, have you ever played the game Watch Dogs? No, I have not. Or have you heard of it? 
Yeah, I, I know. The, yeah. I know of the game. Yeah, I've uh, never played it. It's very the way she's getting him out is very similar to how Watch Dogs works, where you're hacking something to distract somebody and just turning off alarms and turning them back on and all that, disabling cameras. It's very, very similar, which is strange in an episode where the Watch Dogs have become primitives. I thought <laughs> that's a weird call out. <laughs> When did the first Watch Dogs game come out? Because it was, it was a while ago. I don't know. But if you want to talk about something, I'll find out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I can definitely talk about something. Um, I did not look up what day today is from a you know holiday perspective. So I don't really have anything to tell people other than today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, normally, I try to go for something else than the, the obvious. But uh, hey. That's how you know when we're recording this. Uh, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day for us, not for you. Not for you. It's uh, like March for you. Um, it's 2014, but in 2016, Watch Dogs 2 came out. So this might be like a commercial for Watch Dogs 2. Wow. My sense of time is like really bad after a couple of years because I was thinking the first Watch Dogs came out around 2016. Um, and then being a little surprised, like, oh, the sequel to it came out pretty soon after that. But uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess this oh, was the pretty soon. Almost the same year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Almost. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, did I mess up? I think I messed Maybe. up. Maybe. I do that regularly. This is also kind of a big uh, section of... Uh, of the episode yeah i threw all the mac stuff in here mac and yo-yo's conversation which i didn't want to no so i'll don't worry about that um we'll just talk a little bit about mac um mac needs to stop trying to fight in humans (laughs) (laughs) yes yes he does he got cocky after he killed gordon (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um or at least like be prepared like, put on a rubber suit before you fight Lincoln? Yeah, uh, be a little bit ready on, on that one. Have something ready. Um, oh. Like, uh, how, how do they not have the um, the those guns? I always want to call them the night-night guns, and I know Icer- that's always wrong. Icers. Icers. They, how, do, how do they not just have icers on them? That's a good question. No. I mean, as we see... Uh, later like next week well we'll talk about it next week but a lot of them do have icers on them they're just not used here well we find out there's a reason they don't ice lincoln but mac is not in on that plan so i don't know why he didn't ice lincoln exactly yeah that, that that's kind of my thinking like i i understand that but like it, it the icer is like the perfect weapon inside the base like someone breaks in you have some questions. You want to know why. So, you know, ice them, knock them out, and ask them questions later mm-hmm. when they're conscious. Like, uh, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Icers are a very useful tool. I wish they would use them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, well. All right. Oh, well. All right. Um, FYI, we have two storylines left. I will keep that in mind. Is this the end of the storyline that we're talking about? Uh, yeah. I mean, Max also has a bunch of broken ribs from Daisy. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Right. I forgot he's still all messed up from that because that fight was like 
two three days ago or something yeah and they meant they mentioned how hurt he still is yeah oh all right um so one thing we kind of skipped over Mm -hmm. when daisy and lincoln first started talking uh she asked him a question she's she said uh do i sound brainwashed to you uh i have to say yes you know (laughs) she's talking very slowly very quietly uh she looks super pale uh that's like all the classic cult moves like that's exactly what they did to homer simpson (laughs) <laughs> yeah yep you're not wrong yeah exactly i'm sure at some point um they even had to do the exact same thing like um you know she's smart she has some shield training i'm sure she watched the indoctrination videos didn't work on her uh they gave her that food that like saps you of your energy didn't work on her uh then they had to like get her with some sort of um fancy tune like um you know, it, it's probably not the Batman one like they used in The Simpsons. It's probably like the Spider-Man one, right? Yeah. Do 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 leader does da da da. I yeah, something like that. Yeah, I feel like um. Well, I mean, if they were going old school brainwash, they are high, Hydra. Technically, they could have used um whatever they did on Agent Thirty Three. Oh yeah, that's right. The Leviathan method, yeah, yeah. which probably included the song, you know. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I guess if we're moving on, um, let's take a quick break uh, for our ad sponsor this week. So we gotta we gotta talk about this. We've taken their money. Um, now, Tony, I'm actually like really excited about this one mm-hmm. because you know normally uh, when we have a sponsor, we uh, you know, we take their money, we read their script, and that's it. Um, this is one that I actually would have done for free, and uh, I didn't tell them that because, you know, wanted their wanted their paycheck. Of course. Um, but this week's sponsor wants us to talk about the best movie of 2019. This episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came out back in 2016, and even then they were hinting on their future plans. Now, three years later, we are here to advertise that movie itself. Tony, do you remember what that movie is? Um, I would like to say Venom. Venom was the best e- movie. Exactly. Venom came out in 2018. But, Damn it. Uh, the movie we're here to talk about is S.H.I.E.L.D. Endgame. See all your favorite S.H.I.E.L.D. characters as they save the universe from the evil hive. There's every agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., including Bobby, Hunter, and everyone's favorite, yeah, and everyone's favorite agent who loves to break the dress code policy, Red Shirt Billy Bob. <laughs> Watch the shocking conclusion to the previous year's hit, Hive, Infinite Little Bug Things War. Available for purchase on digital or Blu-ray today. Or you can stream it on Netflix. Not Disney Plus, though. They don't have the rights back from Netflix yeah. yet. Um, you know what? I did love both of those movies, but I feel like they should have worked on the title of the first one a little bit more. Uh, you know, they threw it in last minute. Um, yeah, this yeah. is what happens when you uh, have people vote online. Yeah, you're right. It was S.H.I.E.L.D. Endgame Part 1, S.H.I.E.L.D. Endgame Part 2. They had to figure something out. Exactly. I mean, at least it wasn't S.H.I.E.L.D. McShield Face. Yeah. That's what actually won on the internet. I'm glad they didn't go with that. <laughs> Fair. I, I voted for just Stephen Colbert. Just call the movie Stephen Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. Stephen Colbert. No, not that, even that S.H.I.E.L.D. Would've... I wouldn't even mention S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> oh, oh! I didn't even see that one. Okay. Stephen oh, Colin went... Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> you must have scrolled really far down the list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they had so many options. It was weird. Uh... 
All right. Well, I'm good to move on. All right. Mac and Yo-Yo dis- discuss Hive and their fears. Mac has lost hope, but Yo-Yo keeps the faith. In a post-Shield logo scene, Yo-Yo gives Mac a crucifix necklace to show his faith. So, I gotta put the end on here because it connects to it. Um, So, Mac's really clinging on to this thing where they say Hive is like the embodiment or the uh, uh, original ad- uh, inspiration for the devil. Because uh-huh. he's just like, totally the devil, totally Armageddon. Well, we're screwed. And little does he know, yeah. Armageddon won't happen for at least two more years. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's got some time. Yeah. Um, which I guess is good because, you know, given the events of this season, S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. helps save the world to get to the point where they can see actual Armageddon. Yeah. So, yay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another parallel to Civil War is uh, Yo-Yo talks about her belief that when people stop fighting, evil wins. Um, it struck me as very similar to the uh, the speech that Sharon Carter gives at Peggy's funeral. Just like, if everyone else knows it's wrong, uh, you gotta plant yourself like a tree. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like it's another parallel. Just, you know, maybe Mac is our Captain America allegory. An, a really strong, really good guy. <laughs> Yeah, that is, he's probably the closest to that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she gives him the uh, necklace, which we see in the flash forward from a few episodes ago. This is the very first instance of Death Hot Potato that I was talking about. <laughs> I refer to it as the Death Necklace. The Death Necklace. Well, there's more things in the necklace. We'll talk about that later, in the next episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um the last thing i want to talk about is a little bit um macking how macking yo's faith is represented in this show i mean i'm not a religious person at all um but in most non-religious shows people who are religious and show their religion are mostly portrayed as like zealots for that religion and maybe in a negative light, which is unfair because there are a lot of people with religion who are great people and do great things. I like how they show Mac and Yo-Yo being religious in this kind of secular show, but it doesn't completely define them, and they're not, like, ostracized for being religious. Yeah, I, I really like that because, like, exactly what you said, you know, sometimes it's it's meant to, like, be a character that maybe you don't like, mm-hmm. like because they use that as the excuse to make them do certain actions or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, th- kind of thinking about other MCU stuff, like that's pretty much one of the big things or one of the big themes that kept happening in uh, daredevil, right. In season one, you know, uh, Matt Murdock is, uh, very devoutly Catholic and he's mm-hmm. always going to church and everything. Um, and, yeah, it definitely also defines his character and the actions he does, but not in a very, zealous kind of way so yeah no that's true yeah i mean i completely we're covering matt in a couple of weeks i completely forgot about matt murdoch because the only other thing of religion i could think of was captain america saying god there's only one god ma'am and he doesn't dress like that before flying out of the plane in the avengers 
<laughs> but yeah, you're right. Matt, it does define his character. And the thing is, he knows he shouldn't be kicking ass like that. But he should, because he's Daredevil. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I kind of talked through the entire thing. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Yo-Yo and Mac? Nope, I had no notes for that. Okay. So I said everything that I had to say on the subject. All right. Good scene. Um, last section. The Quinjet arrives in Hive's town. It opens, it opens revealing Lash instead of Lincoln. The whole escape trick was a plan by Coulson, May, and Lincoln to get Lash to Hive. Lash and Hive fight. Lash burns him, but the Alpha Primitives attack. Lash kills the APs, and... And so a weakened Daisy tries to stop him. She collapses after a very weak quake, and Lash uses his powers to remove the sway from her. Hive escapes, and as Lash puts Daisy onto the Quinjet, James kills Lash with a fire chain through the chest. <gasps> Daisy returns to the base. She also tells them about the Alpha Primitives, and about the plan to turn a huge amount of the people of Earth into those Primitives. Talbot reveals that Hive stole a warhead and the ATCU from the ATCU to dispense this concoction. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Um, so as much as I hate to say it, this shows growth in Lincoln's character. <laughs> <laughs> that that must have been really hard. It I heard was. you kind of choking yeah, up there. Yeah. Yeah, um he <laughs> uh he has matured. He didn't just he he followed the plan. He listened to May, um, and Coulson. Yeah, and he didn't change things emotionally. Mm -hmm. I mean, he as far as his role goes, he definitely leaned into how he would normally do things, um, which made it very believable. Yeah, but yeah, mm -hmm. he did the smart thing. Yep, which is very unusual. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so I need your help with a judgment call. Okay. Uh, Lash jumping from the second story to Comfort Hive. Is that a superhero landing? Oh, God, I, I need to see it again. I don't remember. It's, it's very um, dramatic, I'm... but it's not a three-point landing. Uh, what is it? What, what, what's his body motion? What, um, he jumps over a railing from the second floor of this mall that they're fighting in, I guess it's the mall. <laughs> no, I mean like he, when he lands, he's just, is he like, just, he lands and stands. Is there he, any he, bend of the knee? He does. He all? does bend the knee to take the impact and he stands up kind of, I, I don't know if it's triumphantly, but like ready to fight. I would give that a, right. uh, a, a superhero landing. It's, it's close, but there, you know, there's some oomph behind yeah. it, I think. Okay, so, so superhero landing number sixty-one. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Um, we should make uh, make a bet. How many before we get to Endgame? How many superhero landing, or by the time Endgame finishes, how many superhero landings will we have had? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Uh, do we have to bet right now? I think so, because otherwise, I'm going to spend the next you know few days checking. <laughs> no, I really won't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, all right. Well, just thinking of the stuff that we have to watch or, or how about, now and now. How about this? Mm -hmm. We'll do an over-under. Do you think it'll be over or under 100 superhero landings? Oh, over. Easily okay. over. All right. Then I'll go with under. And if I win, we'll think of... Or if one whoever wins, we'll think of something. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. 
All right. Um, Lash fighting Hive in the dramatic battle of glowy stuff shooting at each other, much like a wizard's duel from Harry Potter. <laughs> Actually, more specifically, the final duel in Harry Potter, because that one is super disappointing after we saw the Voldemort, um, uh, Voldemort Dumbledore duel from Order of the Phoenix. Because at least that was cool. Mm, yeah. Um, also, we find out Lash's purpose, supposedly, is to save Daisy. Hopefully that works out and she doesn't, like, go back to Hive or something. That would be terrible. Oh, yeah, that would be. So, this is the thing that kind of bothered me. Like, Mm -hmm. I guess they say that, oh, his evolution of becoming an Inhuman was all just to save Daisy for this specific moment. You know, because Daisy's the most important Inhuman in the history of ever. But he was actually hurting Hive. Like, why not... Why not finish it off? Kill Hive. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like do his hand lasers need recharge? Why didn't he use them on any of the Alpha Primitives? Yeah, that would have been great. Like, it it, it would have immediately gone down. Yeah. Like, uh. <sighs> they only held Lashback until the final episode of the season. Yeah. 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 I can't remember the commercials for this. Did they hype up a Lash Hive like showdown? I honestly don't remember. Because I feel this like was years ago. Yeah, I, I feel like they would, because it'd be like, um, you know, the big bad from the beginning of the season until they found out about what Lash was up to, versus the big bad at the end of the season of Hive, epic showdown, so, and then it's this. So disappointment. Yeah. So you're saying they would have completely ruined the. End of the episode. Yeah. Big surprise. Yeah, but that's not unheard of <laughs> in Ugh. TV shows and movies, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I need to talk to you about something off mic. But there was a movie I just saw where they did not give away the big reveal. And I was very surprised and happy. But now that the movie is flopping, they should have probably given away the big reveal. But I'll talk to you oh, about it off mic because okay. I don't want to spoil it because it is a big surprise. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm curious. I will ask you afterwards. Mm. I'm hoping it's not a movie I wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have one final note. Okay. Why the hell does the ATCU have a warhead? <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good question. Um, I forget. What does ATCU stand for again? Um, uh, alien, alien Threat? Alien Threats? Containment unit. Okay. Um, yeah, I have no idea why they would have one. Like, I'm under the impression that, like, the NSA in the U.S. does not have a nuclear war. No. Like, I'm assuming it's just I mean, military. Yeah, not stuff. even, not even like, the FBI. <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. the, I mean, the, yeah, they, there's no reason to give them a nuclear warhead. <laughs> At all. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, didn't think about that at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one other thought mm-hmm. um, that I forgot to bring up earlier. When Talbot met Lash, um, he had the line, Who in Tarnation names these things? Who in Tarnation? Yeah. Who named Lash? Like, how do we know that's Lash's name? I forget. Where, where did that come from? That is a very good question. <laughs> 
Like, I, they have to have been told. Like, I'm sure they were told the name. Yeah. Unless they just came up with the name. I mean, my my initial thought was, like, it was obviously Fitz. But that's because I equate Fitz with um, Cisco from Flash. <laughs> I knew you were going to go with that. <laughs> um, uh, it, yeah, I... I, I'm sure they were told. Like someone has to have chosen a name and then. Told I mean, it had, like, maybe it obviously was we should have, like maybe maybe we should make a note of like the first time we hear superhero names. Also, like the first time <laughs> they call Daredevil Daredevil, or the first time they call they officially call called Quake Quake. Has she already been called that? Yeah, at, at this, I don't know. I really don't know. Because Mac calls her Tremors. Yes. Oh, also, I mean, very, 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 very light spoiler uh-huh. for the future of this show. Um, never mind. That's next episode. So that would have been a big spoiler. <laughs> Hold off to next week. Okay. All right. That's that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, little known fact, or you might mm-hmm. have not, you might not have noticed, in Spider Man Far From Home, Spider Man calls Captain Marvel Captain Marvel. She was never called that in either Endgame or her own movie. I realized that they never called her that in her own movie. Yeah. Didn't notice it in Endgame or uh, Far From Home. Interesting. Well, um, in Far From Home, uh, he's asking Nick Fury slash Talos, like, where's Thor off-world? Where's Captain Marvel? Like, don't invoke her name. Yeah, that was a little odd. I don't know why they they had that line. I I, I didn't understand. I've got a, a theory because... He that's like that's the only hero that Talos respects, because he uh, saved those people in in the movie. Uh, I guess that makes sense, but what does he expect other people to call her? Um, K- Carol. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't, what about I don't Thor? Know. Off world. What about Carol? She's out. <laughs> She's out. I think the fact that he's asking for Captain Marvel's help is like Captain Marvel has way more bigger things to handle than what you're what you're doing, you know, saving the world. It's only one planet. I guess okay. Right. I I just hit me that I really want to see Captain Marvel show up in a Guardians of the Galaxy three because I want to see her super seriousness with Fat Thor and the Guardians. <laughs> Oh, he he has to have lost the weight by then. Uh, well, maybe. So maybe. Well, it, it screws it all up because I really wanted to be with the Guardians, but Thor four is coming out before Guardians three. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Didn't know that. I I just assumed Guardians would be first. Yeah. But, no, uh, they um. It was originally before they screwed up and fired James Gunn, then rehired James Gunn. So oh, there wasn't enough room on the schedule, like because he's doing the Suicide Squad. Yeah, all right, that makes sense. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that the timeline was off with the Guardians movie. Like, it could actually take place timeline wise before. Yeah, I mean, they're screwing with the timeline a lot. Uh, I heard this theory online, which I can't remember where. Some one of the many movie podcasts I listen to. Um, this guy has this theory that all or. The movies between now and 2023 are all going to be out of order because they're like stories that happen either immediately following Thanos, the the battle in Endgame, or like happen during Endgame or during before Endgame. Like, um, 
so far the only ones we know for sure black widow is going to be (laughs) before or after civil war and the eternals supposedly takes over hundreds of years so maybe okay yeah because they're eternal okay that's that's possible i'll i'll take it i'd probably hate it because it's one of those yeah not exactly new it's it's in the prequel arena of things but uh yeah i mean still gonna watch them yeah i mean if if most of them are store uh characters i mean black widow notwithstanding most if most (laughs) of them are characters we haven't seen before it's not a huge deal yeah that's true I, i can live with that yeah all right. All so, right. um, how many uh, fire chains would you give this episode? <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna go with three and a half fire chains. Okay. Which feels a little low, but the reasoning is most of this episode just felt a little slow to me. At the end, it, like it really came together. You yeah. had the stuff with Lash that was really cool. Um, very emotional when he dies, saving Daisy, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just all the stuff for the end um, that really like propped it up. But other than that, for the most part, the episode, eh. Yeah, I feel like even though we did talk for an hour, I feel like this episode was kind of light. Um, I'll give it a three. I agree with you on most parts, except for Lincoln was the hero of this episode, which I can't give it a higher than a three. So, <laughs> surprised you didn't give it something lower. Okay, no, right. no. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, in that case, I guess we're good to close it up. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, everyone. Um, please join us next week when we will continue talking about Agents of Shield season three. We'll be talking about episode twenty-one, Absolution. Um, and, uh, in the meantime, uh, this was episode 20 of Agent Shield. Um, also please remember to follow us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore rewind. We post there at least once a week, bare minimum, sometimes <laughs> more, usually not. Yeah. Uh, and if you could also give us, uh, a five-star rating on Apple podcast or your favorite podcast app, um, we're actually asking you to do this. Like that would be a great favor if you did that. Um, this isn't like you know, one of those YouTube personalities where we're like, hey, ring the bell or or something, whatever they say. I don't really watch things on YouTube, so I don't know <laughs> what they say. Um, anyway, this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind signing off. Have a marvelous day. Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our mind. Oh, have no fear for atomic energy. None of them can stop at the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and